With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to the Rap Podcast, the place for fans of Welsh regional rugby to join together, discuss last week's game, chat about the important issues, and more importantly, hurl abuse at each other's teams. You can contact the show by email at welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com. So let's get on with it, shall we? Okay, so welcome to this week's edition of the Welsh Regional Rugby Podcast, or RAP. Uh, and I am delighted to let everyone know that we actually have somebody from the Dragons region on the show this evening. So, uh, Jamie, big hello to Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm very well, thank you. Can I just say, pop the country belief, there are Dragons fans out there. Well, see, I know you've struggled to find them, but we are out there. There's not many of us, but we are available. We are coming out, out the woodwork now. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we've won a game now, so uh, yeah, we put ourselves about. They've all been hiding <laughs> under blankets for the last 500 days, waiting for somebody to go. You've won, and now all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, we, we can hold our head up. But no, it's, it's good to have uh, four of us on the show. So, um, three, three of us from a, a, a team that came second on the weekend, and then Carwin. So, you know, in theory, we should be sitting there going, Carwin, you know, Ospreys did well. But you can fuck off if you think that's happening, because that's that's just not going to happen tonight. <laughs> it Listen, was... I understand. You know, even though you were giving out the other for Gareth Anscombe a couple of weeks ago, no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So let us let us start as always, then, gents, with our uh, drink of the week. So this is this is this is just to prove that we're not proper journalists. If anyone was in any doubt that we're not proper journalists, this is you'd never catch a journalist having their, a, a pint while they were doing a um, a podcast. So mine this week is the next one along the shelf in the shop, and mine is Jemima's Pitchfork from Glamorgan Brewery, so, which is weird because Jemima, it's obviously, it's got a picture of Fishguard Harbour on there, and like Jemima was the name with a big pitchfork, but it's from Glamorgan Brewery. So, um, yeah, and it's quite a nice, it's quite a nice ale. It's a light ale again, so I'm sorted. So, the, yes. Jamie, what, what have you got, my friend? Have you got a, have you got a beer or something? I have got an alcoholic drink. Now, I don't normally drink on a school night, but I have got Heineken Silver, which oh. is a lo- it's um it's like Heineken, but obviously the 
alcohol volume is less. It's only 4%, but it's actually all right. It's not bad. Well, they can take in Newport, see? <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's even our Carlin. Yeah. <laughs> Reese, what have you got, my friend? I've been into uh, my wife's wine rack and got a, a New Zealand uh, Pinot Grigio. That's almost posh, that is, mate. It's, it's not, yeah, it's, I know, yeah. <laughs> well, it's clearly not mine, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Carwin, what about you, mate? What's, what's your beer of the week? Well, well, look, you know, you said we're not proper reporters, so I'm sat here with a cup of tea. So, oh my god. <laughs> I tell you what, you can tell he's on the winning side. He doesn't need anything to kind of take the edge off it. That's uh, that's not fair. Mm-hmm. All right, let's um, let's start with last week's game. What did we think generally of last week's games, boys? What was uh, what was your general feel of the whole weekend? Feeling of despair. Um, Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but some great rugby played as well. I got a. Uh, from, Wait, from society, including Cardiff, <laughs> would you believe? Yeah, yeah. I think. Car- hang on a second. Carwin's yeah. crashed, and he's still talking. <laughs> yeah, I might leave this bit in. <laughs> Carwin going, "Oh bollocks!" <laughs> oh, I completely crashed. It's what happens when you rig a dra- dragon supporter on on it goes on downhills. It's all gone to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, so. What did, what did we think about last weekend's games then, gents? How do, what do we think of the general standard of play over the weekend? Well, you know, there's there's more tries compared mm. to the last season, I think. You know, I think there's a good standard of play. And you can't keep on blaming, blaming the ref every week. But you've got to say, this guy, for shit, the defence was fucking awful. Um, Fuck off, because that ref... And, I'm, we'll no, get no, to no, that ref no, after, no, but that ref was a fucking <laughs> disgrace. Go on. The outside half, the Benetton outside half, he was... Cracking, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yes, you can say about the ref, but you you can only follow off so many tackles, isn't it? We did all the wrong, you know, people in glass houses, but, um, (laughs) but, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, the tackling was appalling in past this guy, isn't it? Is it the tackling is, is appalling or is it that actually the... The attackers are better than where we have been in the past. Because when I'm looking at it, you know, people there's more people getting bounced, there's more people running into space, the, the handling is better. Do you know what I mean? You could look at it oh, from Benetton. We were cracking. No, no, I think yeah. generally all round. I thought I thought oh, Benetton's oh, right, okay. intensity. Yeah. I thought the intensity of, of Benetton was just like five notches above where the Scarlets were, but. Just some of the attacking play generally from everybody all around, I thought was quite good. You know, I thought it was even, you know, Cardiff, where it was pissing down and everyone was trying to make the excuse about, you know, the ball is slippy and this, that, the other, and because they played on plastic. But now look, the F- I the think, was there. I think I mean, the first half, we were all right. Sorry, go on, Darren. No, no, go on, Rich. Well, the, 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 the first half, the, but even in the like the first half, uh, I think we were like a thirteen-three up at one point, uh, and the the try um, uh, from both of them was was you know top draw. Like, it was great, a great build up and stuff like that. And we kept trying different things, but some of the different things we were trying, they didn't work. So we tried them again and again and again. I mean, like the crossfield kick. To work up angle, yeah. Um, so it didn't yeah. it didn't work once. So we did it again and did it again. And yeah, the lines were just like laying in wait for it, like doing it. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, 
Yeah, yeah that Cardiff team. weren't offering much an attack, you know, and no. like I said, the, the commentators were saying you know, they, they got 10 to 15 points here in the bag if they, you know, they utilise the ball well, like, and they just didn't. I think they were lost in attack. And, oh, massive. And once, and, um, got, well, typified it all for me was uh, Priestland in the first 30 seconds having his uh, kick uh, charged down, Mike, from the kickoff. Yeah. Uh, and he's, uh, he's so off the pace, isn't he, Priestland, at the moment? Well, that's yeah. why we gave him to you, mate. That's that's why we got rid of him to Bath. <laughs> and, and then Bath went, we're bottom of the Premiership. Where can he go now? We'll send him to Cardiff. That's what we'll do. Yeah. You know, it's... I just I'm mentioned finished, Jared finished, Evans finished, finished, quickly. Please. Oh, go on. Go on, Jared. No, go on, you go for it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm and, just going to... Yeah, Right, hang on. Right, Jamie, you go. Right, I just wanted to mention about um, Jared Evans because I'm a big fan of Jared Evans. I mean, he's a very talented fly-off. But I think on Friday night, there's, there's always been question marks about his game management. And I think we saw on Friday night why he's not quite nailed down a spot in our Wales squad because... He just didn't manage the conditions well at all. And it was difficult conditions, in fairness. I couldn't understand. I know we touched on earlier. Why did he keep cross-kicking? I just couldn't understand it because Van der Meer just kept catching it every time. You know, mm-hmm. and I couldn't understand why he kept doing it. And he got to one point where he was ignoring overlaps. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. You know, just kicking. And I just thought that was unforgivable. I think we kind of lost that game. I actually think they lost in the first half. Because they were only three points clear. Now, if they were 10, 13 points clear, I think they'd go on to win that game because they had the win behind them. They should have pulled away. Yeah, but you said three there, was points one point never... there. Hmm. there was one point there. Sorry, Jane, uh, like you mentioned about the overlaps. I think they had a four on two. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where he kicked it uh, to Cabango there. Hmm. You know, Cardiff playing yeah. into the wind, they needed at least a 10-point buffer, I think. And when yeah. it was only three points and Lions scored... You kind of knew that it was going to be hard for Cardiff and Lions were going to just come back into it because three points was never going to be enough. And mm-hmm. credit to the Lions. You know, I've seen a few comments from Cardiff fans who are quite salty, saying, oh, you know, Lions off and nothing. And Cardiff gave them, you know, easy ins. But actually, I thought Lions were a very, very good second half. They used their mm-hmm. physicality. And Cardiff just didn't manage the conditions. And as much as I like Jared Evans, I just don't think he controlled that game very well at all. I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Like, uh, uh, and the Lions, they... Um... What they offered was basic rugby done properly, didn't they? So, so they yeah. they won all their lineouts. They went to um, went with their strengths, which is the rolling ball. And they they, yeah. they they executed the rolling ball very well. Do you mean and stuff like that? One of the tries when they all come flooding in and stuff like yeah. that. They, they knew when to time that. Um, their scrum. They had that um, the number twelve. Um, I can't remember his name now. Like I should really. Oh, I know you. Yeah. These, <laughs> these, no, uh, I know the one. Yeah. Um, but the number twelve for the Lions, sort of thing. He was just like running like straight a lot, like on crash balls. He, he wasn't massive either, like and stuff like that. But he was effective. He was hitting in between shoulders, and Jimmy. They just did very yeah. simple things very well, and I think. And and in the end, we just started to fall, fall away. And you can talk about it being wet, but the Lions didn't drop the ball, is it? And in the past, we yeah. Can't use that as a real big excuse in today's game. I also think, though, Cardiff, they do have a problem with their front five, don't they? I mean, it's never been properly addressed, but I, they're just not big enough. They're not powerful enough. I mean, Domachesky came on and he just gave away a load of penalties. Belcher yeah. isn't really good enough for that level. You know, so I think well, Cardiff, I've always you know, thought they, this about all the Welsh regions. I've never thought any yeah. of our packs are big enough to, to 
when you compare them to other teams, like in the English Premiership or whatever, yeah. or, or France, we just look a lot smaller, completely yeah. smaller. Mm. We, we do also on uh, that side that Timani, and like he, like he, he's yeah. going to be a great player for us because that's what we've been wanting for season upon season. Yeah. But the two, the two things we really want is a big meaty like um, pipe head and a big beast of a, um, a second row like and I think we've got the big beast of a second row now so um, I thought like in the first a unit. Half, with Tamani was Zed, um, Zed Davis sort of thing allowed Zed to be his you know the extra flanker role that he can play what, uh, what, what does a meaty prop look like there? <laughs> What's the difference between a meaty prop oh, and not, a big not, fat not, not like the ones we got like in a Cardiff produce year on year like I mean you know where um we got, we got, you know, we got some good, solid players, but nothing that can set the world alight, isn't it? I mean, mm. the world like, really produces many. Uh, like you say, that's when you look at when you put all of those little bits together. There were some of the basics that were not done right. Some of the kicks were were even when you're going with the wind, the kicks were short, and you were like constantly letting them have 10, 15 mm. meters. The defense was actually not that bad apart from the fact that when it went wrong, there, there was no second line of defence. You know, mm. Once they were part through that first line, it was like, lovely jubbly, we're in for a run here, boys. Do you know what I mean? And then they were taking 15, 20 metres. And I, I, I stopped counting the amount of opportunities that Cardiff squandered after I got to 10. And, yeah. and like you say, there were some of them that were just so blatant. And you're like, yeah. you know, this is... It's not even basic stuff. This is, you know, under yeah. 15. This is the stuff you coach at a much, much lower level. And that for me was was the disappointing bit because they'd done all the hard work. They'd sucked the defenders in. They they they'd created the space. They'd run at the space. You just needed to go. I don't know if it's a player sitting deeper. I don't know if it's just holding that that well, letting the pass go sooner. But something there was wasn't clicking it was like yeah. they were on um a, a, a bonus for how many tries they could cock up it was oh. and it was we could have won it at the end that's the thing we could have we could have actually won it at the end and and, and we were putting players you know we were popping up in space and every one of them dropped the ball <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. oh my God. I, I think yeah, the difference was on the night they were clinical, weren't they? The Lions yeah. were clinical. Okay, yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. have, well, they had well, one opportunity in the first half. They took it. Cardiff had how many? Too many. And they didn't take them. And that's what it comes down to in the end, you know? They yeah. took their chances. They were clinical. And Cardiff, I'm afraid, just didn't manage the conditions and they just didn't take their chances. Although I will say it was really good to see Shane Lewis, who was back. I'm a big yeah, fan of him, so I'm glad he was back. When well, he, he took his try, he, got, he was the only yeah. one that was pumped up. I was, I was more frustrated with the sort of lack of appetite with some of the Cardiff players, you know, like, you know, mm. even now I'm waiting for my call-up at 44, like, do you know I'm available, like, you know, um, but, yeah. um, you know, to, to pull the shirt on, like, you know, I used to be killed for it, you know, and stuff like that. I didn't think yeah. some of the players... Really had that appetite to to yeah. players like both them and Shane. Oh, they, they had the appetites in the Grange pub after, didn't they? Apparently, <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I heard a rumor. <laughs> I heard a rumor that, that what happened in the pub was somebody went and got some eggs, and they all tried to do some handling practice, and that's why all the eggs ended up on the floor because they still couldn't yeah. catch the yeah. shit an hour after the game. <laughs> Yeah, so, apparently, it's quite um, like a horrible story, isn't it? Apparently, the, 
they, they were asked to leave for being um, a bit rowdy and then they threatened the bar staff with violence and then when they were eventually yeah. left they just went over the shop um i got the eggs and started doing that and that's got to be jimmy yeah. again back but, to play for the shirt like isn't it you yeah absolutely but is that something wrong, send them back then? on the premiership yeah, absolutely. It's a culture issue, isn't it? Yeah, There's yeah, been massively. question marks and people have been questioning the culture and Di Young's and the law press. You talk about the desire of the players. It does appear from the outside looking in that there is a culture issue at Cardiff. Massive. Mm. Yeah, massively. I, yeah, I, I don't know where, how to fix it or anything like that. You know, and the, yeah. Um, but that's it, and it? it's not a quick thing. When you, when you build a culture, you know, that, that does come from the very top. And it comes from what's acceptable mm. and what's not acceptable. And you set your stall out every single day and you go, you know, and if somebody steps out of line, no matter what it is, they've they got to be dealt with. And, and particularly in rugby, rugby is a game built on self-discipline. And if... And if values. Well, but if you're, if you're not in a position where you can discipline yourself and maintain those values, no matter how many beers you've had. You know, we've, all, we've all been there. We've all been uptown and we've had far too many. But then one of your mates is there going like, like mate, you've got the tie on. You've got the club tie on. Yeah, so calm it because we don't want to get the club into trouble. You know, it's not like these guys are, are, are playing second team for... Temby United, do you know what I mean? <laughs> These guys, the professional are, players, yeah, yeah, they're, they're professional players, and you know when the team aren't playing well, and you got this on top of it, it just adds even more fans' frustration, doesn't it? You know when the team are playing like shit on the field, and then they're acting like this in mm. public, then you've just got a question: what is going on at, at Cardiff yeah. at the moment? You know, I think I've seen a lot of Cardiff supporters quite worried and quite frustrated about what's happening there, and. Uh, Mm. You know, well, it was a similar thing a few years ago when, when um, Gavin Ensign was there and they were up in Scotland. Oh, the ice cubes, yeah, ice cubes on the plane, yes, right, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I say, but you're right, Lee. I think you know, it doesn't matter who you are on that team, you're, you're responsible for the jersey, you're responsible for you know, towards the fans, you know, and if you're captain or if you're the ball boy, whatever, you, you're out of line, you're gone, you know. Yeah. It's interesting you say about the ball boy because one of the, um, I think it's one of the Sharks players. Who did you boys play last week? Who did you play the Lions last week, wasn't it? Yeah. And apparently, was there was an incident with a ball boy where uh, one of the, the Lions players, um, where the ball boy goes to offer him the ball and he knocks the ball out of the way and said, Get me a better ball or something something like that. Yeah. This is all rumors and, and this, that, and the other. Um, so we got removed from the team. Yeah, he, he, he got the uh, um, director of coaching, took him to one side and said, you know, we're in another stadium. You've got an 11-year-old kid offering you a ball. I think it was in the warm-up or something. And, and you're treating him like that. That's, that's not the values that we have within this side. Fair play. And he's booted. He got booted for the, yeah, the Cardiff mm-hmm. game. So, you know, that's how you build discipline and how you get your players to understand that actually you know we're not messing around here boys this is and they're in a you know they're in a privileged position you know at the end of the day yeah massively do you mean like the the, the kids that go down here and stuff like that you know it's a it's they're trying to be sold as like a family event isn't it you know um yeah and the stuff in the house park on the way in and and what have you like and just to you Mm. know to, to have that in the news it's just not helpful is it 
No, no not, not at all. all. So let's let's leave that one there and let's move on to something <laughs> equally as frustrating. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the Benetton game, but it's not. It's the fucking Benetton game because that's how I've been referring to it over the last couple of days. Because <laughs> would. What did you guys make of, of that performance against Bennett? We, we we can't turn around and say Bennett and are a, a crap side or any of that anymore. You know, no, they're decent sides. You know, no, they're... they play well in Europe, you know, as yeah. well. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's no shame in losing to Benetton, but oh, fucking Benetton. I mean, ah, oh, good Lord. It was, yeah, really... You were playing I... out in Italy as well, you know, and like I say, Benetton shouldn't be taken for granted. I thought, having watched the Scarlets, I thought their defence wasn't up to it. I thought they played a bit too loosely at times. I thought, you know, Benetton were on the ball. They wanted it was it more. slower. The Scarlets yeah. were slower to the ball, I thought. Slower mm. to the yeah. ball. Benetton. Benetton wanted it, you know, really wanted it. Yeah. Well, you look at the intensity that Scarlets played against Ospreys and Ulster, and that's why I was quite confident going into this game. I thought, you know what, we take those two games and we put it against Benetton you know, we got this sorted. We we were playing for, you know, 70, 80 minutes in those games. We were uh, we were hitting rucks. We were turning the ball over. We were stopping stuff. We were creative. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just like we forgot everything. You know, we just went out there and we went, oh, you know, last season was a bit of a laugh. We'll go back to that. And it was it, it was heartbreaking. Just sitting there mm. watch, watching a game and going, you know, we're better than this. Really? I, I do think with the Scarlets, though, their defence is still a major problem because last year you brought in Hugh Hogan from Leinster, didn't you? Mm. And that, that appointment just didn't work. That, that I didn't mean, work. your defence was passive. I think you brought in Garth Williams now, haven't you, from the Wales yeah. setup. It's clear to me that it's still a lot of work to be done on defence. You know, when you compare Scarlets two or three years ago, their defence was usually solid, but lately, you know, mm. it seems to be an ongoing problem. I think that's one of their biggest downfalls, actually. I just don't think their defence... Attack-wise, you know, I think it's fine, but I just think their defence is too passive. And against good teams, you are going to be found out. See, my theory is that due to the financial crisis and COVID and all of this, we took all of our Jesus. tackle bags... No, no, we so- took all of our tackle bags down the car boot sale one weekend, yeah? And, <laughs> right. and that's how we could afford Fafita because we sold everything that helped us tackle in order to bring in Fafita. This is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. It's It, was, it wasn't a great... Right, so I know we weren't great at tackling, and I know you can't blame the referee for everything, but three weeks on the bounce now, we've had referee and decisions no not referee and decisions tmo decisions go against us where you I, I can understand the referee missing something i can i can get that because he's only got one set of eyes he can only look in one direction he can only see what he can see the tmo has got all these different camera angles and no matter which camera angle you look at that pass to for them to score the try, that pass was about three foot forward. It wasn't a close thing. It was a mile forward. And then the bit we were yellow carded Combier, I mean, the guy jumps into him. Yes, he does go up onto his shoulder and he does land awkwardly, mm-hmm. but he kind of jumped in. So, you know, that's 50-50. Either way, 
that passes forth. And you just say, how can you not see that from, uh, I just, it just, the one bit, there were, there were two bits for me that let the URC down. One is the referees, two is the marketing. Marketing is easy to solve. How you improve that standard of, of refereeing uh, baffles me. Yo, don't give it's me been a problem for years, though, isn't it? The referee, let's be honest now, yeah. because we can go all the way back to the Magnus League, to the Rabo League, get this Pro 10, Pro 12, whatever. It's been a problem for years and years. I don't know why we can't get competent officials in this mm. league. And this is, and it really lets the URC down because you get people saying, oh, URC, yeah, so URC is shit and, and all this nonsense, right? But I don't think it's a shit, is what everyone is saying. Mm. But there are certain yeah. things that let the league down. And I do agree with the marketing is one of them. And I also think the officiating constantly lets this league down because every week we're talking about a decision and we we constantly talk about a decision that's affected our teams and it's not good enough. And they really need to do something about it. I know they've brought in, a, they've but, set up a new team, haven't they? I think Nigel Owens is part of like an independent yeah. team and they, they got to do something because, you know, I just want to talk about rugby and not decisions, but there's some really bad officiating in this league. We saw what with Josh Adams, you know, up in Glasgow. I yeah. mean, why was that not a red card? That was an absolute disgrace. It was a clear red. And it's just decisions like that. They're just not good enough. See, told you you should I think there's a lot of pressure. Week. I think, sorry, I think there's a lot of pressure on the referees. You know, they've got two sets of eyes, that's it. And I think yeah. rather than going to the TMO all the time, I think the touch judges need to be a bit more switched on. You know, I agree with that. Nine, times, nine times out of 10, when there's a ruck or a more going on a lot of it's right down that 15 yard channel they need to be seeing what's going on there yeah you know yeah um so i think they need to take greater responsibility and you know these are qualified refs as well and it shouldn't yeah. always be all right let's go to tmo time off tmo time off because that's making the, the fans are losing interest by seeing all, all this i mean some of the days the been for too long yeah, yeah absolutely mm. um but then you've got the yeah, flip side of I, it you, you've got the flip side of that where you know that's potentially three games now where the Scarlets have had a wrong decision against them and people are calling for Dwayne Peel's head. Do you know what I mean? That's 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 the way well, Welsh rugby is. Where I can say I think Cardiff are quite lucky to get rid of him, to be honest. <laughs> oh, he's off again. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't yeah. even had a beer. So I, I think like he, I, I, he was going to be a, a tax coach. Like, and I'd like to have happened there, does that? But not like a head coach. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like like you said, Jim, we we're sitting there talking about you know there were a couple of decisions in a Cardiff game that were um, you know Toby Fallatow yeah. got carded, and I'm like, how the hell on earth did he get carded from there? Because you know, if anything, they were they were kind of dragging that, and they lost their foot in, and that's what dragged it down. I can't see how, but you know, when you make those big decisions and you start dishing out cards. And say it's it's quite a big effect that it has, yeah. and I'm hoping that something will change. I'm hoping that that you know you've got four reasonably qualified and experienced referees that should be able to sort something out. But it's not going to be a quick a quick fix. So but is this just a URC problem? Because if you look at the Gallagher Premiership in England and the top fourteen. The, the the standard fishing seems a lot better, doesn't it? Especially in England, they don't keep going on about these poor refs. It, it seems to be URC. That's mm. a real big problem. And like I said, this has been going on for years and years. 
and it's not good enough. And it really lets the league down, in my opinion. You know, mm. so I, I am open the the standard improves soon because we can't keep talking about these decisions. Like you said, it does affect outcomes and people's jobs are at risk. You know, like you said, Dwayne Peel, you know, he's under pressure. The decisions mm. don't go your way. You're not playing well. Mm. You know, so it does have a knock-on effect. And um, yeah, the, the URC really does need to get a grip to it. And uh, maybe one day they will, but not to my breath. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, well, and as well, it's, it's, it's about the product as well, isn't it? Of like, you know, we're, we're trying to sell this product. And I agree with you, Jimmy, that the, the URC, that is not, since the, especially since the, the big South African sides have joined, is not a bad league, like, isn't it? And no. that seems really mm. good rugby being played. But like, when you get that stop starting nature to it, that the refs are bringing to it as well. So I think I've got, yeah. I've got two goals. There's no, and both prefer netball and football. Yeah, they've been brought up. My wife is Kiwi, um, they've brought up around rugby since mm. you know, they they like stuff like that. Yeah. But I, and, and my youngest still wants to come down to the arms park with me, but she's like almost like indifferent and stuff like that. She comes down because dad gets like you know, <laughs> my things and a bit of food and chocolate and stuff like that, as opposed to getting excited. And the, the, yeah. the couple of games I've taken her to with where um. I remember, like I mentioned Leinster last season, but I remember one of um, Holo Holo's uh, first seasons when we put 30 points on Munster at the Arms Park, like, and, and um, just carved them up, like, and, and like, yeah. she was taken with that. We were on the pitch afterwards and we met the players and stuff like that, you know, and that's what you want, isn't it? That's sort of... Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you mean? Absolutely. Not getting that, and part of the problem is the officiating, isn't it? It's just so boring, isn't it? Like, social media is completely now by referee decisions. There's always gifts, isn't it, and videos of, of incidents. You just think, why can't we just talk about the rugby, you know? But there are some yeah. decisions. Like I said, I go back to Josh Adams running past. Go, that was unforgivable. That should have been a straight red. Contacted the head, he was red, and he should have gone. And it's just, but it's, it's bad decisions. Like, you know, referees will make mistakes, of course they will. They're human. But when it's really bad decisions like that, you know, they, they, they've got to be, you know, scrutinised. Referees should be scrutinised and saying, no, 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 It was awful. It was awful. So, this weekend then, we've got Scarlet and Cardiff. I've got my ticket already. The two worst regions. <laughs> I'd... I'd be another draw. <laughs> well, <A> Mediocre derby. <laughs> see, I don't think it was. We're both trying to play in attack, we're both trying to play expansive games. Now, Cardiff... Mm-hmm. Uh, defense, there could be quite a few tries. Well, that's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, like Cardiff were maybe three or four passes or three or four occasions where one pass would have put a player in. You know, Scarlet, we, we, we had two tries disallowed against Ospreys. You know, that would have put us on a bonus point against them. Do you know what I mean? So it's not like neither, neither side can attack. It, it is a bit like neither side can defend, so it might be a 50-odd points each sort of a game. But I'm just wondering how you market that game for the weekend, you know? How, well, how I'll just give you an example. It's like, so when I was living in Dublin, match day, you could walk anywhere from South, in South County, Dublin, and there would be Leinster flags lying in the streets. And this is like from the Friday night, they're everywhere. The, all the buses that go through the city... Leinster, all the different players on the bus, and it was everywhere. And people turned up, and they had a full house every week. And that's a fifteen thousand seat stadium, or, or just over. Yeah. And it is absolutely rammed. And it's everywhere. It's on the TV. You know, pubs over there, 
in the south side of the city is rugby pub. That's it. It's rugby. Leinster, whatever, they'll watch Munster, whatever, Connell, Ulster, but it is a rugby pub. And everything is rugby, rugby, rugby. Whereas it's not it's not even the top sports in Ireland. You know, mm. that's GAA and and all the all the amateur sports. But um, it, it's crazy. Like, you know, you, you walk down Swansea on a match day or, or Cardiff, you don't see the flags in the streets, you don't see them like down Poncano like or down Road. Outside, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no warning like, oh, hang on, what's happening here today? Let's get yeah. in and have a look. They compete over oh, the football, isn't it? So it's difficult, I suppose, as well, when you've got football on the doorstep. But uh, yeah, you are right. It's, uh, the marketing just needs to be better, doesn't it? I think, definitely. Yeah. No, absolutely. The football are just doing us with marketing, aren't they? The yeah. The ahead. absolutely yeah. hammering us with their, their approach yeah. to it, like the women and the men's yeah. game. So, yeah, so we, we're pretty much getting a kick in left, right and centre of football. Marketing's not great. But then... You look at the Dragons game on like this weekend and you look at the atmosphere coming out of the sheds and you look at everything on social media and it's like it's like they've suffered amnesia. It's like the last 500-odd days just doesn't exist. We, we've won a game, so yeah. fuck it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing what Wink can do, isn't it? You know? That's the difference. Ronnie Parade is better now. And okay, we don't get big crowds. You know, we only average around 4,000 odd. I was actually disappointed with the crowds against the Sharks because um, I thought they would have been a little bit more. Um, but the atmosphere was terrific. I won't lie. It was really, really good. Mm. And the past couple of weeks has been fantastic. And it does make me think, if only Ronnie Parade was full. You know, if we had 8,000 there, the noise we could make. And I'm going to be biased, I know, but I, I, I don't think it'll be beaten. Honestly, I think when that ground is full and it's rocking, Ronnie Parade is the best for atmosphere. You all disagree with me, I know, and I don't care. So. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't disagree. I always watch that. This is like a bad joke, though, isn't it? Like, you know, like a... Yeah, but I think, right, Ronnie Parade, it's, it's one of the better stadiums. You know, it's, it's not a huge capacity, but I think you get that, like you said, you get that crowd there. I Pop think it will explode. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I think it will completely explode. Like, I wish, like, the Ospreys were playing in the Null. Because it would be yeah. full every week, you know. But yeah. Cardiff, like they got a good crowd every week. They got a decent stadium. Like Scarlets aren't going to get fifteen thousand people in there every every game. Well, they don't. No. You know, they might get it for the Christmas derby, and they might get it if they get to the you know second round of the European Cup or whatever. But um, but that's it. We need we need to come back to the roots, like say back to the grounds like the Dragons. Because when I listen to them, I'm hearing that crowd all the time. Like, oh, I wish I was at that game. You know, and, and that's from an Osprey supporter. I, I've never been to Rodney Parade. And uh, it's, it's on the cards. Now I'm back home in Cardiff. Like, but, uh, Come down for the Derby. Derby soon. Absolutely. It's on a Sunday, but get down there. Yeah. Great atmosphere. You, you, can, Monday off. you can stand here with your... <laughs> you can stand here with your Osprey shirt on and Jamie can lob bottles at you. And just oh, here like, you go, I, send, I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the posh end. I am. I'm in the. I'm in the busy. I'm in. I'm in the prawn sandwich bit. So uh, no, I'm oh, away from the bath on the <laughs> terrace. Yeah, <laughs> keep it away from them. No, it's, yeah, I oh, think that, that what you could feel through the telly is it, it felt like it was a bigger ground. And and I know that the, the thing with Rodney Prane is how close the fans are to yeah. the the players, you know. But it just it felt like there was 10,000 people there. That was that was the noise yeah. that was coming from there, yeah. you know. And I think a lot of it is, is kind of 
that pent up frustration and you know there's been a couple of false starts that you know this is it okay and then and the next week you, you get a bit of a tonking again but it genuinely yeah. felt like this week you you well you were one point away from you know backing up that win from the week before and actually the, the performance I thought this week was probably better you know yeah, I thought solid that, absolutely solid the aggression was there they were mm. fronted up and there were some huge units in the in the South African team they're absolutely beasts of men mm. yeah. oh, they're massive. And, yeah. yeah yeah I thought the Dragons were bloody superb and I, I was gutted you know they missed uh, the, the kick at that penalty at the end as well um, just before the uh, Oh, God, the lion, no, the bulls, isn't it? Yeah, before no, it was before the sharks. The sharks, the sharks. Sorry, before the sharks. You're drinking tea, Carwin. You're drinking a cup of tea, man. I mean, come on. The rest There's of too us many have animals got an in the league, all right? <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I thought they were fantastic, and I, I'm gutted they lost because I, I do like watching the dragons, and I have done for a long time. I've always thought, come on, you're going to get the win today. It's coming. It's coming. And they've always, I, I, always yeah. fallen short. But I just think there seems to be a bit more grit there at the moment. I think they've got a cracking pack of forwards. Will and the Rose, yeah. are really starting to show. And, they, and they're, they're playing like a team. Yeah. Will Rollins is superb, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. To, to be fair to the boys, I mean, there's been a lot of turmoil with this whole Dean Ryan stuff. And i got to say, I do really feel for Dave Flanagan because he's been chucked into the deep end a little bit, you know, before the Munster game. He was having, you know, he was having um, Lauren Jenkins from Scrum Five just constantly grilling him, and he couldn't say anything because he's not in a position to, you know. And I yeah. felt that David Buttress or somebody from the Dragons hierarchy really should have fronted up because I, I did feel sorry for him. And I don't know what yeah. he's doing, but he's getting a tune out to the boys. They, they're playing for him. That's the difference. There was all the murmurings coming out about Dean Ryan. I don't think the players were playing for him. I heard all sorts of stories, but. Dai is doing a great job and to be fair those past two weeks I haven't seen Dragons play with that amount of intensity for a very long time I mean the pack was solid and we're talking about Munster and Sharks here now mind you know we're not talking Cornet or Benetton yeah, these are two big absolutely. powerful teams and the boys have fronted up and fair play to them I'm really proud of the performances and yeah I am gutted about the result we should have won it you know there was yeah. two key moments in that game where we lost it you know it was interception. And Will Reed, I know a lot has been said about Will Reed missing that penalty, but for me, the interception was where we lost the game because it really took the wind out of our sails and you felt it as well in the ground. The crowd started to get a bit nervy and I just wish we kept it a bit tighter in our last quarter. I thought we tried to play a little bit too much rugby where all we needed to do was, you know, we were, we had, what was we? I think it was 19-6 at one point. We just needed to keep it tight. And I felt we just tried to play a little bit too much rugby. And yeah, I think that interception try. It was a shame because Angus O'Brien has been fantastic. I got to say, since yeah. he's come back from the Scarlets, he's been really, really good for us. And uh, it was a sucker punch and it killed us, I think. But, yeah, I uh, think I'm proud of the boys, I've got to say. I think but if they, the Dragons can keep to this level that they're playing now for the last couple of games, yeah. that's got to be their starting point. They yeah. can now kick off and, and improve on that week on week. They yeah. have to be, you know, they're, out of the Welsh regions now, they're second out of the Welsh regions. And just look at the league today. I mean, I know we're only a few games in there, but yeah. normally the Dragons are at the foot of the table. Yeah. And that's the question, yeah. can we keep it up? Can we keep going? I mean, we're going to go to Benetton now this week. And Dave Flanagan has talked about making changes. So you do wonder, like, how many changes are you going to make? How much is that going to, you know, disrupt the flow and the momentum 
I still think we're probably a tidy side. You know, I like to see players like, you know, Rob Evans get a start, Max Clark. I think he needs game time. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I'm not really optimistic about this weekend. But like you said, we got to keep playing with that momentum and that physicality and intensity, you know. But, um, yeah, but it's very, it's very encouraging. You know, I don't mind losing. I'm used to it. I'm a Dragons fan, right? <laughs> but you can see the difference is this time, though. You can see that there's progress being made and there's green shoots, you know? Yeah. That's the key for me. I just want to see progress. And I think we have... There seems to be more foundation there than before, isn't it? Like, because you've been playing Definitely. some decent rugby for season upon season, haven't you? Like, and every yeah. now and again, you go, oh, look, this could be the dragon season. And now yeah. there's a bit more substance about it. Yeah. But fair yeah, play to die, I say, I think you're doing a good job. Just hope there's no hole in the condom and I ain't shooting too soon, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to describe it, yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, Card- that's exactly the same place Cardiff were in after the Munster game it was like this is it this is our season here we go you know and now we're... Well, like I said I said in one of the other podcasts didn't I? Like, um, like at the end of last season I said that's it no more season tickets that's it like, I can't <laughs> afford to come and watch this pile of rubbish and stuff like that and as the as the summer went on it was just like oh it's time to money oh, oh, oh go on then go on then yeah find optimism <laughs> kicked in isn't it and then, and then the first game, I thought, this is this is us, this is our season, and it's back to yeah, back to normal. <laughs> so, what, what I would say about the Dragons win over Munster, I know not having a dig, well, I kind of am actually. Yeah, yeah. That was that was. <laughs> to be honest, I can see. Yeah, he's, he's got his feet under that the was table there. though. <laughs> Dragons are winning. I'm feeling confident. No, that was the full strength of the fully loaded Munster team. You know, Cardiff did not play that. You know, they they had Omani there, they had Zebo. You know, they are Klein, they are Tag Hood. I'm sorry, yeah, Cardiff won and you play what's in front of you, but that's what made the Dragons win over uh, yeah, Manchester. No, more that I mean, was no, a fully loaded, you know, Manchester side. And we were talking about it last week, isn't it? The, the Dragons winger, Tyre, Tyre? Real Tyre. Absolutely making Zebo look like he wasn't was there. Like, Jimmy, not just a try, like, you know, but yeah. all through the game, like, he was just doing him yeah. on the outside. And I know Zebo's yeah. getting on a bit now, but still, that, that was. Uh, the He's got unbelievable pace. He's got unbelievable pace, real Yes, really quick. Say, look, I know Jamie's giving you grief there as a Dragon's fan, Cardiff, and I totally expect it. But I mean, look at the shirt. He's wearing his blue, blue and black stripes there. Look. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I didn't pick up on that at the start. I was looking at this. <laughs> yep. I've got to be fair. Blue and black now. First, uh, first weekend, and Jamie's really sticking You're the decent blue and black red. side, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for, oh, for, for, first opportunity and Jamie's getting a dig in against Cardiff so it's like yeah but he, he feels it well I have to win that one I must make it to it Dragons are playing well I can't do it now before we turn to a long season <laughs> so speaking of lucky bastards and shit teams let's have a chat about the Ospreys game then for the weekend so uh, go on Carwin this is, this well, is yours mate it. <laughs> Talk us through it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I was in work for the game. And I had to like, catch up on teletext while it was going on. You know, on BBC teletext. Fair, like. <laughs> you know. In the nineties, so we know teletext. <laughs> 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 yeah, what, I'm just been watching on Sure, what I'm more impressed with <laughs> the fact uh, you got teletext. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of these smart apps. Um, yeah, but um, no, I just watched it on Scrum Five and Jesus, Keelan Giles. He's got some wheels oh, on him, and he, you know, absolutely. But, but there was a couple of things there, like you know, Owen Watkin uh, trademark rips out out the tackle as well. 
Uh, I thought they defended well. I, again, there was another point, and I only noticed it tonight, where Webb, now people are saying, yeah, he played well, and I said, obviously, I haven't seen the whole game. At this point, they passing the ball up the back of the scrum, and he, and he dropped the damn thing again. You know, and, it went, and the ball got turned over. I don't, I don't know what he's up to. Um, but the pack fronted up. They were very mobile. They were solid. The defence was there. And, yeah, you know, Glasgow scored a couple of tries at the end, but the game was over. Completely over. It's and you're, back, you're back three. Just mm. Keenan Matt, Jones, Maggie, Maggie yeah. and North. It just, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> it's the first time we've had a bonus point drives against the top team for, for a while. You know, and I think we did it with a bit of ease. You know, I know we, we you know, the first game of the season, we drew the Scarlets, that could have gone either way. Um, Depends on the rest. And then, I, and the game last week, you know, we should have beaten, beaten the Lions there last week. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. And that's not being biased. I think it was a game we just let go. I think in a similar way to Cardiff, we were, we were sort of running out of ideas towards the end of the game. You know, but I think um, the win now against Glasgow, I, you know, who did they, they, oh, sorry, they, so they stuffed Cardiff. I, you know, don't mean to be derogatory, but they, they stuffed Cardiff. Um, and did the Dragons play? Did you play? No, um, I haven't played the Lions yet, no. No, no. Um, Glasgow. Did you play Glasgow? Yeah. No, we got stuffed in Edinburgh first week. Edinburgh, we? Edinburgh. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's when Team so, Ryan got mad, didn't he? Yeah, but Edinburgh yes. were playing well. I saw Edinburgh just lost Doug since South Africa now this weekend as well. But I think Toby Booth has put the, found the building blocks and foundation. He's, this is his third season now. You know, same with the Dragons, new coach again, and they're starting. But I think he's instilled the values, the team, and you know, the sportsmanship, the, the team. You know, there's no iron team, and he and he's saying, "Come on, guys, now work hard, get in, get stuck in." And their defence—that's one of the game. You know, yeah, there's the flashy boys doing the quick stuff, the flash stuff at the back there. But and I thought um, Jack Walsh, things like mm. Duck to Water in Wales for the Ospreys. I mm. think he's an absolutely fantastic signing for us, um, and we haven't he's made on- many over the season. He's only young, isn't he? He's only like about 21, he's a t- a 22. He's a 22-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like that, so. And he's, he's playing like a seasoned professional. Hmm. Um, and it's good to see, you know, North out there playing. Hopefully Cup will be back soon. Uh, but I, I missed what happened to Anscombe. So there's a bit of a cheap shot on him. Yeah, I've I, seen I, I that. Also, there's a big fuss on social media about it where um, Ruse comes in and, and basically just belts in one from behind from what I can see I said I, was, I didn't see it in the game and I, I'll be honest it was an Ospreys game so I was doing my knitting at the same time so I wasn't necessarily watching all of the Ospreys game but it looks from what I can see that he he was kind of tackled and somebody comes in behind him and just like a proper old style rest not looking wallop have one of them yeah. but then again that's what your TMO is for. Surely somebody should be picking that up and going, right, let's have a look at well, it. Well, Touch Judge should have had it. You know, don't mm. need a TMO for that. Touch Judge should have been all over it. But, you know, but, um, but like at the end of the day, we are the top Welsh region at the moment. Yeah. Three games in, you know. Um, we've got a tough game coming up, Ulster, up in mm. the Kingspan. Now, I think that'll be a tough game. I, if we win that, I'll be extremely happy. Um, I and think they're coming very... off a loss, aren't they? Yeah, they lost yeah, to Leinster. Yeah. Good game as well. Leinster, yeah. yeah. But to, to, to go up to the Kingspan, I mean, it's a fortress up there. Um, it really is. It's a great, great place to be, great atmosphere. Um, but I well, think I, that'll be a tough game. 
If what we I would last, say, roll um, on. So, uh, half uh, half an hour gone in the Ospreys Glasgow game, and the score was still nil nil. You know, so yeah, uh, it was. It they was were playing touchy feely, you know. They were they were you know finding each other out, you know, getting used to the ref. You know, like you said, you got this thing with refs now, Lee. So I thought we were just, you know, we were just getting used to the ref, there, <laughs> feeling that was right, and then uh, then it clicked, bang. I, I think when it you clicked, um, you know, all right, well, one of Giles's was uh, a little bit of luck to put him in space, but then he absolutely made the most of it. And his second try was, I thought, was fantastic. And I wouldn't be surprised. Up until last week, I thought Combi had pretty much had the the, the slot in the squad, uh, the Welsh squad sorted. Um, now, uh, Dyer, Keelan Giles, there's a lot of competition there. You know, and there was competition there before. You know, so yeah, I, I think I still think that the the one position that we're weak on in Wales is thirteen. I I I don't think George North is a thirteen. I I think he copes there. I think he's okay because he's a good he's a good player. He's a good fourteen, but he's not a thirteen. And, and I I can't see anybody really putting their hands up and going. You know that's that's my position now. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's nobody outstanding going. I'm having a, a, a game after game after game. You know, you look at Llewellyn at Cardiff. It's had like three pretty solid games so far, and and I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets called in. Um, I said Keelan Giles, Dyer. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a call up. I just can't see anyone at 13 anywhere. Well, it's, look, it's outstanding. I don't know. I don't know. The thing is, they're always shifting people about. But we got Tompkins there. I think he'd make a crack in 13. You know, we forget about the boys across the border who are still playing for us. Um, I, I think he'd be an excellent player. I think he's solid. He's got a good pass on him. Uh, and he won't let anyone down in, in the 13 channel. Well, then you know, if, you, yeah. I think, but if you move him out of 12, who are you going to put in at 12? Well, I mean, that's when you're looking at your second receiver, isn't it? You know, yeah. I, would you move bigger to 12? You know, there's plenty of young fly-offs, cracking fly-offs around. Would you put him at 12? Would you put Costello at 10? Would you put Young Lloyd at 10? Uh, maybe Jared Evans? No, maybe not. Maybe, obviously, Anscombe. You know, Norton was on form now, isn't he, Jared? Yeah. He's a, last season, he was you're hitting the heights, I think, isn't he? For, yeah. For what I've seen this season so far, like, is, yeah, no. We've got Halaholo as well. as well. We forget about Halaholo. He needs to run the games now to get his fit. He's got excellent foot. But going back to um, Owen Watkin, what Carlo was saying, I don't know about you guys, I think he's one of the most underrated players in Wales. I really like Owen Watkin. And I don't know why he hasn't had the opportunity, you know, enough opportunities for Wales. I don't understand it because I think he's solid in defence. You know, his ball skills are brilliant. You know, I just wish he had coming of Andrew Bishop. Yeah, he's not he's not flashy at all. He doesn't get headlines, but he's really dependable. I am a big fan of Owen Watkin and I would like to see him get more caps for Wales, actually. But yeah, he's solid. Yeah, you he's are right, centers in defense. He, is. he won't let anyone down. He's no. had some good games for Wales as well, isn't he? Owen Watkins. Yeah, yeah. In recent times as well. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll, 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 we'll be picking our squads next week, isn't that right, Lee? Well, that's what I'm thinking. It, it, there's got to be. He can't be far off from naming uh, the 
the rumours around who's in the squad and who's out of the squad are kind of, you know, coming up now. So, so Gaff, he's, he's picking the squad, I reckon. Well, I think, we, I think we need to do him a favour and give him the benefit of our advice. Because obviously, you know, we know the boys at the top listening to, to what we say. So I think that's that's the job <laughs> for next week is to uh, to to have a go through and, and let's pick our um, let's pick our is it thirty man squad? How many do they pick now? 30, 35? We'll pick a squad next week. Not sure. And, and just for the hell of it, more than anything, especially especially if the Ospreys win. If the Ospreys win again on the weekend. Fucking Carwin's going to be intolerable next week, boys. So we'll we'll distract him and we'll go right. We're going to talk about Wales instead of the Ospreys because yeah, that would just be too much. He's again. He's, he's gone again, isn't he? Yeah, the guy again. Yeah. <laughs> Are you doing it, Lee? <laughs> just like pressing he's, the eject. <laughs> he's been gone a long fucking time ago. If it was up to me, mate. <laughs> right, hang on. He's back there. Here he comes. Mm. Wait, Carwin. Oh, fucking load of shite. <laughs> did, when, they broke, load of shite. when they broke into your garage, did they break in and nick the fucking router or something? Oh, <laughs> oh, before, I forget, before I forget, you keep on going, it's the rap and it's the Welsh Rugby Region something mm. podcast. It's the Welsh Rugby Regional Appreciation Podcast. Oh. Very good. Very good. Oh, yeah. I was going to say argumentative, but yeah, appreciation. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, we might get that. There we go. So what before, did I miss while you? Oh, we were slagging off the last thirty seconds. Oh, that's yeah. fine. We were slagging Just slagging you last Slagging you all last I don't know what less. I said you were a nice blog. I didn't slag you all off. I said you were a nice blog, but. Oh. Maybe next week, then we'll have a look at the uh, our predictions for the the Welsh squad for the Autumn Internationals. So one one other bit that popped up in the news this week, and it kind of popped up and then it disappeared, and I haven't seen anything about it since. Um, so have you seen this thing that the WRU and the regions still can't agree on a funding formula for next year? Yeah. So last well, thirty years. But it's an absolute joke, isn't it? You know? It's ridiculous. But we're, we're in a position now, right, where so you, we, we all know what's going on with the English Premiership, and the English Premiership boys are already signing for next year because they, they know what they're getting next year. They know what the limit is next year, and they know what the limit is the year after. So they've got a two-year plan of they know roughly, give or take, this is what the budget's going to be next year. Now, if our boy, if, if we're going to release players, and I think Scarlet's, we've got about 12 or 13 players at the end of contract at the end of this season. Some of them are big boys. Some of them I know are going home already. But that's shh, between us, you know, don't let anybody else know. I know there's a couple of them uh, are going, okay, I'm, I, I don't want another contract. I'm going elsewhere. So there's two bits to that. There's one, there's, there's going to be players there that are going to be released. And if they're going to be released, they need to be aware of that when other sides are looking for players. There's, there's no point telling players, you know, the other side of Christmas that, you know, you're going to be released at the end of the year because all the potential employers 
they, they're doing that business now. Do you know what I mean? Between now and Christmas is when sides are nailing down their, their, their contracts for next year. So we're in this position again where the WIU are finding a way of shooting us in the foot again for next well, season. Well, Lee, this is why the Dragons are doing so well because they're, they're owned by the WIU. They signed so many players <laughs> at the beginning You've of the season. You've got the smallest right? budget, Frank. You have a mind you, we still have the smallest playing budget. <laughs> they, they all work as waiters in the, in the Millennium Stadium. That's what it That's is. Right. They've all got side jobs exactly. as waiters. Corporate. <laughs> It's it's ridiculous to say to these, you know, and we wonder why, you know, players and and it's not an excuse for what Cardiff players did on the weekend. You know, we wonder why players are frustrated and pissed off and and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you look at the environment that they're in. It, it's we can talk about being professional, but they're still human. They're still human beings. Yeah. You know, if we if we took our jobs and we said, you know, you you're not allowed to leave until the end of this year. And we're not going to tell you if you've got a job until that like deadline for you to apply somewhere else goes. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not fair on the players. You can't manage it as a club. And it must be affecting the players. There's a couple of players that said in the press, you know, this this is what we talk about in training. You know, who's got a next contract? Who's got a contract coming up? Are you staying? Are you going? What are you doing? You can't run a club like that, you know? No, no absolutely. So, and you know, moaning about the the WIU is a a bit of a pastime of mine. But sometimes well, leave, just, that, leave, leave that. Leave that. Like, like, everybody here like loves the game of rugby, isn't it? And we're reared on it and stuff like that. And like when when we say about like uh, we were just talking earlier about uh, the dragons having a win and some of the crowd coming back and the the, the sort of environments of. Um, Rodney Parade, like you know, changing, you know, palpably. Um, so like, but like that that game has only so much. It's got a limited amount of goodwill, isn't it? You know, and yeah. as poorly as the game has been managed over decades, and that's a, the whole thing that we you know we touched on today, like officiating, tinkering with the game, tinkering like like uh, what we've just been talking about about you know players being paid next season uh, and what have you. The, the worst case scenario is the game in Wales goes into terminal decline, isn't it? With other sports already stealing matches uh, on us, and, and that's the worst case scenario, isn't it? You know, and yeah. you know, dwindling crowds will continue to dwindle um, until there's nobody left to watch it. Now, do you mean so? So yeah. they need to change at the top, isn't it? We need like a revolution in the WIU, isn't it? Yeah. Bringing proper professional. Sort of businessmen I mean, yeah. that can run, you know, you know, CEO. You're quite right, and we're in October now, and the Welsh clubs still don't know what their playing budget is going to be. We're in October, you know, and it's it's, it's peak Welsh rugby, isn't it? You know, there's always been this uncertainty over budgets and funding, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I think we can all agree that the governance just isn't fit for purpose. I think there's big question marks over Steve Phillips and Rob Butcher. Are they, you know, up to, do they cut the mustard? I don't think they do, personally. we got the community clubs running the pro game. You know, we need yeah, that separation, that don't ridiculous. we? I, but mm. only in Wales, isn't it? Like, where else would you see village clubs having a say in the professional game? It's utter, utter nonsense, and it's got to stop. There needs to be complete reform of the governance of the WRU, but Turkey's are not going to vote for Christmas, are they? So what are we going to do about it? What can we do about it? 
I think that's that's the problem, isn't it? Is there's no yeah. until somebody inside the, the the union is brave enough to stand up and say, "All right, actually, this is this this is a problem now, and we've got to do something about it." There isn't going to be that shakeup. If it, if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. And when you see, um, so I, one of the other podcasts I run for local rugby in Pembrokeshire, you know, and you, you go through the fixtures, and for the first couple of weeks of the season, you're not sure who's actually going to turn up. You're not sure whether, you know, are they going to actually have a side this week? And last week was uh, so we're fourth week into the season. Well, yeah, three three uh, league games and one cup game. It was the first week where there was every single game played in Division Three, you know. And you're like, it's it's taken four weeks to get a side together. And when we talk about building blocks and putting in stuff, you know, those that very very lowest level. That's where all the stuff starts building on, and I agree. You know, those guys that are down there, they they face a very very different challenge to the likes of the Scarlets and the Ospreys, Dragons and Cardiff. You know, but that's the building blocks that they start. So I think there's got to be a connection between the two. You know, something's got to not governance and dominance of, of the, you know because because I get like when Butcher took his job. I remember a quote of somebody saying that, um, oh, he's, he's, he's been a good servant and it's just his turn. There should be no yeah. talk about people's turns, you know, in a professional era game. Like, there should be CEOs at top. Well, you, you, you're saying, like, you know, about, like, developing, um, like, the, the grassroots side and stuff like that, isn't it? To make sure that there is teams coming in every week. There is youth rugby um, feeding up to the top and stuff like that. And I completely agree with that and stuff like that. But the professional game needs to be run by professionals, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I think that's yeah. the point they're making. Yeah. Um, but we're, like, we're... you know, some of the, some of the local sides uh, around by me and Karen now, I mean, I can think of uh, Land of North. I played for Land of North. Uh, and it was like uh, three sides and a vet side. Um, and every time I turned up, all those sides had the 23. Uh, and then training, there was at least 40 players. And then a couple of seasons later, they were struggling for one side. So what they've done, them, with Church and a lot of local sides around this area, is like really just thrown loads of money into mini rugby. And that's and it's huge. coming into fruition now. Like my, my, my youngest daughter uh, played for Whitchurch, um uh, like a mixed side sort of thing, tag rugby when she was really diddy. Yeah. Um, you mean, and they're, they're just trying to to bring through those players now from the youngest age and what have you, like, which is the approach to take, isn't it? Well, I'll say, it's like my, my boy now, he's playing for Club Rugby Kaidi Z um, yeah. down in Poncana, and there's hundreds of kids down there on a Sunday, you know, and it is Great. fantastic to see. It's absolutely fantastic to see. Just watching them all come up through those little ages that start with the tag rugby. And on the other pitches, they're playing full contact around them, so they get to see it as well and see what it's all about. You know, then, uh, we we've got to be giving these kids something to go into and something to aim for. Most most kids drop out between fourteen and eighteen. They'll, they'll they'll play until you get to that fourteen to eighteen bit where it starts to get a bit serious and it starts to you know you start to have county selection this that and the other, and and we're losing a massive chunk of players. And and supporters, because most supporters are players. You know, we've we've all played at some point. So, but this this is 
I guess this is what we're saying about the WIU. They're not sitting there looking at that. They, no. They're not sitting there. They're not focusing entirely on the professional game. They're not focusing entirely on the community game. What the hell are they doing? You know, because they're sure as shit ain't looking at rugby. No. So, anyway, anyway. <laughs> that's, I, I, I know that that's just going to go nuts on, on social media. Somebody's Something's going to come out over the next couple of weeks and it's just going to blow up and we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot again 12 months before a World yeah. Cup. And we'll be yeah. saying it'll be it'll be like being in the eighties only without Kevin Phillips lamping some guy for serving in the wrong type of wine. But thing is, thing is, we're always so negative in Wales about the sport, you know, and it's always the mm. doldrums, whatever, rather than look at the positives. But Jamie mentioned Turkey is there. How do we reckon? Uh, how many points do we reckon the Blues are going to carve up the Scarlets by? You know? Uh, next week. He said the blues again. He said, he's not even Sorry. drinking. And he said the blues. Oh, they won't like that on Twitter. You're calling them blues. Yeah. They do not no, like that. They do not it's like that. Only. No. That's why nobody uh, goes to the ground anymore to watch them because they don't know which, which side they're watching. Are they watching Cardiff or the blues? That's what the no. problem is. Yeah. There's a Cardiff like beast now. <laughs> You know, dragons aren't even a region anymore. Like, you know, they've gone back to being a rugby club. So, yeah, which I think is quite a good thing. I wouldn't say it was a bad thing, but uh, come on, who's going to win? Scarlet or, or Cardiff? I can't see us the way we played. I, I can see us, well, if we run directly, we can just sort of run through a few of those players, but um, it's it's a way, isn't it? Like I said, it's a yeah, I can stand with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping yeah, so because I bought my ticket. It is. The gas pack scarlet set. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's gonna be a scarlet victory. Hey, good man, you're my favourite, you are. Because <laughs> I've been wrong on every game every so far. <laughs> you get to ten o'clock on a Friday night and you go, Reese is wrong yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Well I think I think uh Carl if you're gonna beat the Scarlet just because after the, the week they've had, I think they need to bounce back from it. I think they're gonna they're gonna win by about four points. Yeah, four points. I think you're talking shit again. I, I th- no, I'm just saying because I can't stand the fucking scarlets. I <laughs> think we, I think we're going to bring, <laughs> I think we bring Costello back in. Uh, we we lost Johnny Williams with a, a really nasty knee injury, so he's out for the autumn series as well. But um, yeah, Costello back in. Um, I think uh, Scott Williams might be ready to come back at inside centre, um, and I think I genuinely think we need to drop. John Davis, which you hear that first, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. <laughs> I do, I just do, but no, I think we'll scrape it. But I think it'll be a high scoring game because neither of us seems capable of tackling shit at the minute. So, yeah, Tackle I think it'll be high, sc- high scoring, <laughs> uh, 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 high scoring, interesting, exciting game. Uh, but I think um, we'll win that one. So, how much do we think Dragons. I was gonna hammer the, the, the Ospreys by? You asking me or anyone else? Well, let's let's ask everybody else first. How much Ulster are going to beat the Ospreys by, and then we'll ask you for your opinion. I, I think I think it's too much of an ask. Of uh, I'm, I'm always a negative yeah. one right? uh, of, of, to win at Ulster, so I'm going to say it's going to be an Ulster victory. Mm. But yeah. uh, it's a very tough place to go. In fairness, you know, it is. Mm. It's a very tough place to go. Um, and I can't see an Ospreys win. Mm. Yeah, they are. All right. I, I think, I think if we put a strong team out, get Webb on the bench rather than starting. Yeah, 
I think <laughs> Ospreys have got a chance of winning by a very small margin. That's my heart. My head says Ulster win by about five points. Yeah. And I, I think you know, we put five tries on Ulster, mate. So they, they, they're beatable. And yeah. you, at the minute, your defence is holding up quite strong. You just, if, if you can get the ball into the right place, you might sneak it. I don't think you will. I'm going to go for an Ulster win. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if Ospreys came away with a win there. Yeah. And it'd be great. It'd be great if they do. Oh, you know, obviously, I support it, but I think for Welsh rugby as well. Mm. Yeah. Losing so, bonus point actually be a good result, I think. Actually, for Ospreys, mm. you come away with something. They say Kingsman's mm. very tough place to go, but come away, come back with a losing bonus point. I actually think that'll be pretty decent. Okay. Okay. Um, I think the Dragons are going to beat Benetton. I don't see. Oh, uh, look! This is your negative attitude from the last few years. I think, <laughs> I think if you if you go out there and play with the spirit and the tenacity you have for the last couple of games, I think you're going to beat the bastards. Hang on, I think someone at the back. I'll be back now. Okay. Oh, bit, bit of drama at the end of the podcast. That's a bit insane, isn't it? Yeah, I I think uh, I don't know. It's a, I think it's going to be another tight game. And I think it's one that could go either way. Benetton in their on their home patch, yeah. Are, you know, but then I say Benetton are they're all talking about certain players need a rest. Dragons are talking about rotation and things, and see, so you never really know who's going to turn up. Yeah. But yeah. It's a, it's I mean, for me, I'd have to see the team sheet. I think I want to see who Dragons are going to pick because. Like I said, mm-hmm. Dyflan has talked about making changes. How many is he going to make? Who's you know? I don't expect Will Rowlands to be playing. I don't expect mm-hmm. players like Seal Thompson to be playing. And Benetton, you know, they're a very good team. They're very different they composition. I don't. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. just ask Cardiff. They got absolutely slaughtered there last season, didn't they? You know, they and did. Scarlets have gone there and come a cropper. They're no mugs anymore, Benetton. There's, there's there's no they're a very good team. Mm-hmm. Oh no! I mean, years ago it was the Italians with Zebra and Benetton, like you said, yeah. with Bankers. You know, you could go. Play him at home away, you can come away with a win, but it's Benetton. And let's not forget, they are current Rainbow Cup champions, isn't they? You know, in fairness to them, <laughs> yes. you know, they are, they'll always be Rainbow yeah. Cup champions. But uh, yeah. no, I, I, I'm not confident about this one, so I'm going to go for Benetton by about seven points. Ah, there's the true dragon in you coming out, I guess. Yeah. Dragons by nine. Yeah, that would be too nine. much. <laughs> I'm, I'm Back to reality now. Yeah. Back to reality. <laughs> I'm going to go for a Dragons win. I, I do think. Why? Because <laughs> it's a kiss of death. If me and Reese are predicting a win, you guys are fucked. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have been very good. Yeah. We said yeah. this podcast will become famous for not what to guess. Like. <laughs> there are people waiting to put their bets on for the weekend, going, well, what did Reese say? Right, let's go the yeah. other way. Yeah. Yeah. The National Lottery is employing the next Mystic Meg. Listen, lads, I've got to head off, so I'm getting down there now. Well, I may speak here. I'll, I'll, I'll speak to you next time. might edit that last bit out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do it so well. Gents, it's been a pleasure as always. We will do it again next week and uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Catch up next week, gents. All the best, boys. All the best, Jamie. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's show. 
We'd love to have you involved in next week, so you can email your comments to welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter on our handle, WRRAPodcast. And if you like the show, please subscribe and tell your mates. Until next week, dear friends, enjoy your game. Sports Social Podcast Network.